and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. Our mission, to make government contracting better one contract at a time. Whether you work for government or industry, we're here to help you understand how the other side thinks. Today's episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition Solutions. Skyway helps companies of all sizes know more, do more, and win more in the government market. Visit skywayacquisition.com to get started. In today's episode, we talk about how and why the government notifies industry that they've lost a competition or bid. Let's get started. Hey, Kevin. Today, we're going to talk about how the government tells industry that they lost a competition. We are. It's going to happen. Um, every company is going to lose sometimes. It sucks, but it's important to understand that the notification to unsuccessful offer, what, what it's supposed to tell you and what it can't tell you. And that's why we're going over it today. So this happens during source selection. So if we're talking acquisition time zones, this is zone four, the source selection zone. That's at the end of the source selection. That's when you find out who won and lost. So what are we talking about here? This is a notification to unsuccessful offers. This is the, this is the Dear John letter. This is official notice from the government to industry that that particular company did not win. The government has to send this official notification – and they don't they don't say you lost because in this political correct politically correct world you you are called an unsuccessful offerer not a loser nobody likes nobody, <laughs> nobody likes to likes be mean you. right so so it 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 might not even say that you're the unsuccessful offerer it it might just say a word was made to this company that is not you right so there's there's Two times that this can happen during the source selection zone. Once is pre-award. This is if the government has decided to make a competitive range determination. They will tell you that you have been eliminated from the competitive range and use a, the same format to do that, right? And, and competitive range determination, to learn what that is, go back to, and listen to podcast number 30. We'll oh, yeah. talk about that for 20 minutes. There's a podcast for that. That's right. So the other time, there's pre-award. The other time that this happens is post-award, and this is the most common when they don't go to discussions, when the government just awards based on the proposals they received, and it's, hey, here's who won. It's not you. Sorry. (laughs) Here's our favorite or least favorite part of uh, each episode, far time. Oh, this this is my favorite because we get to take the complex and make it simple. Or try to. <laughs> FAR 15503 is called Notification to Unsuccessful Offerers. And it actually is divided into two sections, pre-award and post-award. Pre-award first. It says that the contracting officer shall notify offers promptly when they are limited, eliminated from the competitive range. And promptly is not defined. I think, I think everyone has an idea of what that means. You sure, you sure know when something isn't prompt. Yeah, that, that's kind of one of those agency procedure things is sometimes that means the day you decide, sometimes it means within three days, sometimes it means the same day that everybody gets their letters saying they are in the competitive range. Yeah. So it, it's just, it, again, this is a thinking job. Now, so a unique feature of this on, on the pre-award side is for uh, small business set-asides. There's a separate notification that goes out. The CO must also notify each offer in writing, of course, Prior to award for small business set-asides for hub zone, service disabled, veteran-owned, all that kind of stuff, right? And the notice has to state the name and the address of the apparent successful offer. And here's the big part you care about, that no response is required to this letter unless you think that this company who's the apparent successful offer 
isn't really a small business. So this is a funny one because people, you'll get a letter and the letter will say, here's the apparent successful offer. Do you think they're a small business? And you're like, why did I lose? Wait, wait, wait where's the rest of this? I need the rest of the story. What happened? Deep breath. This letter, and, and the reason, by the way, the reason this is required is because it's a small business set aside. Only a small business can win it. The government is trying to say, before we even go down the path of giving you all these debriefings about whether or not they won, if you can provide evidence that they're not a small business, then we're going to stop here. So is that why they and say it, apparently successful offer? They're holding it out there because they're not exactly. sure. <laughs> like we, we think this company won, but if you prove to us that they're not a small business, well, they can't win. Uh, that's so weird. Uh, and the other part of this, is that this is not required, isn't this fun, when it's urgent, surprise, or when the contract is entered un, is done under the 8A program. So huh. there's, there's these little nits. That, maybe the 8A program has more stringent requirements, so they, uh, they're more confident that all their, off, their 8As are really 8As. Uh, well, and keep in mind, it, the, 8, the Small Business Administration certifies you as an 8A. You have to have been in business for two years. You can't self-certify as an 8A. Uh, got it. You can self-certify as a women-owned small business. So basically what they're saying is if, if you're certified as an 8A, you, didn't just, you can't just claim that. Yeah, you have it. to have documentation. That makes sense. All right, so the other half of this, FAR 15503B, the second half is post-award notices, and this is the more common. Within, it says, within three days after contract award, the CO shall give written notification to everyone in the competitive range who didn't win this thing. So in this case, the FAR is specific that says you have to announce within three days who won. 15503 also spells out the minimum information that the government must provide in a notice to an unsuccessful offer. You have to tell the unsuccessful offer how many offers were solicited, how many proposals you received as a result of that. You have to provide the name and address of the winner, or if there's more than one, the winner's. And you have to provide the items, quantities, and unit prices of each award. Or in some cases, it's just the contract was awarded for this amount if there's not separate items and quantities to list. And, and also, if, if the evaluation criteria was based on a total evaluated price, you see that term a lot? That, what that, that During the source selection, they said, we're going to judge you on this price. And the definition of this price is what you'll see in that letter. So that, that unit price thing confuses people a lot right. because – it depends. Again, you got to understand the whole story. <laughs> this is one piece of a journey. Yeah. So the last thing that the notice to the unsuccessful offer has to provide is it, it says in general terms the reason that the offer was unsuccessful. So in general terms, they should tell you why you lost, and it's got a little qualifier. Unless the price makes it readily apparent, if if the winner was a lot cheaper than you, eh, they don't have to describe it too much. But if the prices was were very similar the government should tell you something about technically better, faster delivery, some term, whatever, whatever made you lose. And one last piece to this is it also specifically says that in no event shall an offer's cost breakdown, trade secrets, overhead rates, et cetera, their, their, their individual techniques or other confidential business information be disclosed. So in general terms is a, is a, wide open statement, right? But it does specifically say, this is one of those things that they're not going to tell you. This company won because they have a patent on this piece of the product that you don't have. That you're not going to see that. So that's why it's important to understand. And it's not because they're being mean. It's because the FAR says you can't give trade secrets. You can't talk about their manufacturing processes. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. They, yeah. There's a lot of trouble. Then That's when the lawyers get involved. 
Yeah, the last thing you want is the is the <laughs> the winner <laughs> suing you because you released their information. That's just ugh. Right. So this part, cir- circling back, this also applies to the pre-award part. If, if if you got a pre-award notice that you're excluded from the competitive range, if you ask for this type of information, the CEO also has to provide it to you. So why is this so important? It's important because this is a significant emotional event for for both government and industry. This is This is the end of what might have been a simple acquisition, might have been a very complex acquisition. But in e- in either event for the contracting officer this is that that cross your fingers i hope we don't get any protests so that so that i can wrap this one up and move on to the next thing in the pile of stuff on my desk right now right for industry this is the you lost it it's a it's a big deal i know i know every every company thinks that they have the best solution to everything and they're going to be pissed off but this is a this this is the moment of truth for any particular acquisition. Yeah, and, and, and it seems very, it, it's, I, I kind of use the analogy of like hanging up a cordless phone isn't nearly as emo- exciting, you can't slam it down, right? Well, you're just sending this thing via email usually and it's, it, yeah, you cross your fingers and send and then on the other side, you just get an email that basically says, oh, sorry, you spent the last four days, four months, four, whatever it is, but it's, it's an amount depending on the size of your company. Oh, sorry, you spent all this time and you got nothing for it. So what is it is, this is your notice, but what it's not is the whole story. And I want to make sure everybody understands that, is that as a, as a government contracting officer, when you send that thing, you're not giving them the whole story and understand they're going to react that way. Because on the other side, when you get that and go, but, 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 what about this, what about that? Because if you put in a good, your, your best product, which you've heard us say before, that most companies <laughs> will put in, it's their best effort. So you're calling their baby ugly. And this is that moment when they just found out that you called their baby ugly. And that's, that's why this, it's, it's, a, it's a moment in time that a lot of times you don't forget. I can remember the exact moment when I sent some of the bigger ones that I knew were going to end in some frustration and people losing their jobs. And it's, I can remember the moment that I hit send and I'm like, all right, Monday's going to be fun. You know, that's kind of how it feels. So Right. That, that's perfect segue into why specifically should government care about these notification letters. It's usually a very tough letter to send, just like just like you said. This is going to be a really tough Monday. If it, it it should be a tough letter to send. If it's not, well, then maybe you have some emotional problems that should be checked on. <laughs> yeah, heartless. <laughs> but so, if you do this right, then you will only have to do it once, and you can move on to the next acquisition in your queue. The most important thing for me, Kevin, is. Government people need to be sensitive to the fact that for industry, this letter may mean that people are going to lose their jobs. That's serious. That's serious. So it's it's not just the guy that, that gets the letter. As the contracts guy on the industry side, I've gotten these letters, and you have to walk into the boss's office – with this piece of paper saying, yeah, remember this program? We lost. And my, my boss actually got gun shy. Every time I walked into his office with a piece of paper, he knew, <laughs> he knew it was bad news. So I stopped bringing the paper and just started telling him. But It's a Pavlovian response. So besides the simple one-on-one that somebody has to be the bearer of bad news, losing a program means a lot of things to industry. And government should understand it's not always the case. Sometimes it's it's just one more sale. But depending on the magnitude of the program, industry may have invested significant money 
in this this bid process. And if, if it's a really, really big program and a big company, they've they've forecasted this that a win has an impact on their indirect rates. And if they don't win it, then they have to pull that impact out and may actually need to cut back on indirect people or facilities or it, it, again totally depends on the magnitude of the program if if you lose a program to build a fighter jet that that there's a lot of people and and money involved there so i i i don't want to get i don't want to overstate the impact for on every single acquisition but it doesn't matter if you're on the government side take this notification seriously it's almost like you're sharing news of like a death in the family this is going to this this is people's lives this is real stuff and and if you forget that and and you're callous about it this how this information is shared is kind of the toggle on how pissed off a company is i mean they're good they might be pissed off anyway that they lost but if you're callous about it just the way the information is shared alone can impact a decision whether or not a company is going to protest this thing because if they're if they're angry about about things and the notification makes them more angry then there's more of a chance that they they file a protest that that they might not have filed anyway at least at least i well i hope that doesn't happen but emotions are crazy things and and there there are two things that i'll i'll tie on to this the first one is the idea of treat this like you said treat this like a death in the family is that it, even the, the regardless of the scale Okay, we can talk about a fighter jet, but it could be you know, a million dollar contract. It could be a, it could be a half a million dollar contract. It's the weight class of the company that bid. Understand what it means to them, and even if it means that they didn't lose a program, they don't have to fire people. It's they didn't get additional sales. Maybe, maybe it means they don't hire anybody. Right. So, so don't don't you know? Sometimes I think we, we get feedback from from some of the, some folks saying that you know we're 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 so far in the in the giant program perspective, this stuff doesn't apply. It, it does. I've I've had dear John. I've had the most the most contentious dear John letter I had was for a five million dollar contract, because to, the, to this company who had like three million dollars in revenue, this five million dollar contract over the next five years literally would have changed their whole lives. Yep. And they fought tooth and nail for. It. So it, anyway, what's their weight class? Understand that part. And and the second part of this is, and this is the one I want the contracting officer. This is I didn't see this as clearly. If you want great companies to continue to compete for your work, this is one of those moments where they will come back if you treat them well. Let me give you a living example. One of our clients no longer goes after work with a particular agency because this has been handled so poorly twice in a row. Yep. Because we literally don't trust that, you know what, it's not, we're not going to know why we lost enough to be able to make corrections and win the next one. So we're going to stop trying. So if you want great companies you need to understand that they have long memories too. As a contracting officer, I can tell you all the things that have gone bad, the companies that have, that have been bad, whatever, right? Industry is the same way. Oh, there yeah. are only so many agencies, and there's only so much work they can case. Not only and, agencies, but specific contracting officers even. Yeah, this work is done by people <laughs> on both sides. I mean, you've got processes, we've got the 80 20 rule, we got all that stuff, but this work is done by people. And people, when you really, really treat them poorly, they're like, yeah, I got better stuff to do. Why should industry care? about these notification letters. So so besides all the stuff that we just talked about, about hurt feelings and the fact that this could make or break your company and all that other stuff, the reason the letter is important is because 
this is your chance to ask for a debrief where you can learn more information about why you lost. The, the clock is ticking here. You have to request a debriefing from the contracting officer within three days. If you don't make that official request for a debrief, the government's off the hook. They don't have to tell you anything more than they told you in the notification letter. And, and to learn more about the debriefings, go listen to podcasts number five and six. We actually did a double one on that That's one. That's right. That was a long one. There's lots in there. I think I had some angst about debriefings at the time. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of went off on a rant. Okay, to summarize what we talked about today, Kevin, the FAR specifies the minimum information that the government has to, to provide in a notification to an unsuccessful offer. The government can provide more. They don't always, but they have to provide at least a minimum set of information. I've received just a letter that says, this company won, here's their price. I've also received a letter that said this company won and attached is the entire source selection decision document that explains exactly why they won and why you lost. Farther than that, I've received letters that say this company won and here's the source selection decision document and also here's the entire evaluation report on your proposal so you understand everything about what happens. So in in that case, sometimes you might not even want a debrief because you already have all the information. I, I think that's great. I'm not sure that the government does that a lot of times. Yeah, I learned to do that later. Um, I found that you know, going back to from a time management, how to, how to get more done and, and make government contracts better, one contract at a time. If you have all that content, send it. But why not? Because they're going to ask for it at the debriefing anyway. So if you can send that to them first, yeah. let them read through it, and they say, you know what? I, I don't need a debriefing. I know why I lost. I won't do that again. I, Whatever. Totally agree. Yeah, so, so why does the FAR say – why does it specify that you have to provide a certain amount of information and that's all that, that the government has to provide to the losers? I, I think it's because without that limitation on it, folks that didn't win a contract could waste tons of government effort constantly going back, asking for more and more information and trying to figure out how they could win, how they could get enough information to, to submit a protest – but th- think about a commercial bid. Think about if you're, if you're getting a, a deck put on your house. You're going to get bids from several different contractors. You might not even tell the ones that, y- that didn't win. <laughs> you might not even tell them that they're not getting the work. You're going to call one guy and say, yep, I accept your bid, sign it, whatever. The others might not ever even get a notification that they lost. The government has at least fixed that. They're going to tell each company that they lost. There has to be a limit to how much information is included there, or it could go on forever. Yeah, and, and then the commercial side of the example would be there was a, a company that wanted to, wanted us to do a rather large project, and it, this is Skyway as a commercial company, and we put together a proposal for them, and I don't hear anything for a couple of weeks, and my brain is I I want to know I want a debriefing. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm used to I'm wired for that, right? So I finally reach out to the CEO and go back and forth a few times. And, and then I finally get the answer of, you know what, we, we actually, it turns out we can't afford something that large. But understand that in the commercial side, that, that doesn't happen. He's not, he's not going to just think of it. He's got a, somebody like me pestering him because I want the answer, right? Well, most of the time on the commercial side, when you, when you hire somebody, you don't tell the people that lost why. Right. And I, I've picked up this habit of I want to know why because now I know, okay, what, what in my process? He was not a qualified company for me to go after, obviously, if he can't afford a project. He asks for a huge project and he can't afford it. I'm like, well, I need to do a better job of, of qualifying some of these companies. Same exercise is that that kind of feedback 
you want to make sure you get it and use it and use it properly. But but you're absolutely right that if they said if they didn't define and put brackets around feedback, I mean, how much is enough? Really good intel, <laughs> <laughs> infinite. Right. So last thing that we need to stress here, Kevin, is this this notification letter, the notification to unsuccessful offers, is a simple act, but. If you're on the government side, this is a huge deal to industry, and uh, all I can say is is understand that and and be kind. Yeah, regardless of the size, e- even if you if, if it's a simplified acquisition procedure and it's less than you know it's a couple hundred thousand dollars for a company that only has a couple hundred thousand dollars in revenue, it's a big deal. Um, and I and, I, and this is something I didn't see as clearly back when I was you know, working my way toward the bigger contracts and then I went to Special Operations Command and had a lot of smaller ones, like smaller being under $10 million. And fortunately, I picked up the habit of making these great documents when you're doing like a $200 million contract. And I kept those strategies and I noticed the companies protested less. They were less frustrated. They came back to the next competition more engaged because they, they knew they were going to get, at worst case scenario, they'd have a really good idea of why they lost, even though it was only like a $5 million contract. So for all of most contracting officers are not buying satellites like you did. <laughs> but understand these rules really apply regardless of the size of the acquisition. All right. Later, Kevin. Later, man. Okay, there's the somewhat abrupt ending to today's episode about how the government notifies industry that they've lost a competition. As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints send me an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us. And in, in today's world, this is kind of a thing. I've been seeing a lot of, a lot of challenges of small business status. Again, a whole another podcast about that. Stop. <laughs> like you wrapped it up, and then you said yeah, a little more, cut. and then you paused, and then you said a little more, and th- just delete me. I'm used to it. Oh. I know you're.